Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome to Transform Your Teaching. My name is Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Rob McDole. Dr. McDole, how are you today? I'm doing well. That's good to hear. Do you realize that this is our 26th episode? Wow. It seems somehow momentous. It does. Like we should celebrate. I feel like we should have had a cake. Yeah. But we didn't. We didn't think this all the way through. (laughs) Maybe we'll do something for the 50th. I guess we're going to abandon that idea. Or adopt it. Or adapt it. Before we get into this week's episode, let me just say that uh, thank you for listening. Um, This has been really cool. I mean, not to be all retrospective, just 25 episodes, but it's really cool. I didn't think we'd get this far. But we have, yeah. and it's awesome. It's definitely been a learning process. Um, if you are a fan of the podcast, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is that the kids say these days about how to be informed about our podcast. Mm-hmm. Leave a review. We've received one five-star review. We'd love to have more. We have five stars in other places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but only one review. And if you leave us, I'm going to steal from... One of my favorite podcasts, the P1 podcast, which had to do with Formula One racing. I'm the only person I think on campus who who watches Formula One racing. What I was the reason for bringing it up was that we've now started something called Coffee Drops, yes, which are going to drop at random times during the week as the mood hits us. And while we are stopping, this is our capstone episode on ChatGPT for this series. I guarantee we'll be talking about ChatGPT for the long time. And it'll probably make an appearance in our Coffee Drop episodes. I would think so. They're going to come up. But today, this episode is titled Adopt, Adapt, or Adbandon. Because I needed to have an AD word and I couldn't think of one. So I just added D to Abandon. So our goal is to go through and by the end of this, Rob and I have made a decision on how we would use ChatGPT or how we are going to use ChatGPT and then give you some factors to consider as you consider uh, either adopting, adapting, or abandoning ChatGPT into your teaching. Yeah, so probably really quick, just a brief overview of ChatGPT again uh, for those who are joining us in the podcast for the first time. ChatGPT is a software program or collection of software programs, to be honest that essentially reflects all the known data that it is privy to and responds uh, with prompts that you may make. And it it uh, can come up, it's what's called generative AI, and so it generates a response after you either feed it with a prompt, um, which could be a question, a statement, or any other piece of data that you feed to it. Right. It basically can do analysis, it can do synthesis, it can write. What are some other things? You, I mean, you can feed questions into it. You can have it do research for you or get the ball rolling on, you know, I know I've been using it in my dissertation to help me formulate ideas and like, okay, I, I think there's a connection here. 
you know, let me throw this in the chat GPT and how would it word a connection like this? And then mm-hmm. it helped me inform my research from there on out. Yeah. So a lot of people use it for brainstorming. Yep. You know, if they've got a blank canvas and they don't know where to start, they can really explore things. And again, there are different versions, free versions, 3.5, and the paid for is 4.0. Microsoft is coming out with their own stuff. They've already got it in beta. That's ChatGPT4, and it's ChatGPT4 on your Microsoft data. And and, um, so that's only going to be more and more the case. So as we talk about adopt, adapt, or abandon. So uh, in terms of our use in the educational sector, we have had it synthesize and answer questions, you know, from the perspective of, say, Dr. Miller's Old Testament work, especially on Ecclesiastes. So kind of a bot, if you will, a Dr. Miller bot. Um, We've had it uh, write scripts for us uh, on certain topics and then, you know, edited those, but we're blown away at how accurate they were. Yeah, especially with that, you know, we would feed it the objectives first and Mm -hmm. say, here's where, or here are the key people or key themes that you need to emphasize in your script. And then we've also given them a script written by the professor mm-hmm. and say, do it in this style as well. Yep. And we even had the professor come in and was blown away with the accuracy yeah, of the speech. In their style. Yeah. Everything that it said was it needed to have in that particular topic, it was there. And I think now is a good time to let folks know from our initial podcast, uh, Roundtable, that um, Dr. Miller did take it to a specialist. Yeah, we should explain a little bit of that. So yeah. he, he got test results, right. right? And he didn't understand them. Right. So he threw the test results in the chat, in the GPT, chat GPT and yeah. said, what, what does this mean? And it gave them, he said, a very polite bedside manner style analysis of his results. And he took that result and he took it to his specialist who he's meeting with. And the specialist said, this is amazing. (laughs) He said it was completely accurate. And so. What is the world coming to? It's. Well, I mean, to say, you know, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, what you can, what you can have it do. But those are some of the things like we've been doing, messing with here in the educational sector. And I'm sure there's more that I'm missing Let's move on, though. All right. Well, let's talk about, let's just define what adopting, adapting, and abandoning would look like. So let's start with adopting. Yeah. Adopting to us and to ChatGPT, because we asked ChatGPT to help us with this part of the process, is to fully adopt ChatGPT into your teaching would be, you know, to talk about having ChatGPT provide instant feedback to students, assisting with grading, right, and doing some personalized learning. Yeah, because Dr. Sturkenberg talked about how he had used it, you know, and possibly was going to continue to use it to help him in his grading, uh, not to do all the grading for him, right? but to help him uh, streamline and show him things where he could just offload that to ChatGPT and pay attention to some of the more major things just as a, you know, a check. So just it could also be, you know, creating a rubric or having chat GPT 
um, you give it, okay, I want you to look at wordiness, look at um, citations, and then paste in a student's paper and say, okay, analyze this based on these parameters, kind of like you would do for a rubric. Right. And getting a feedback from there. Yeah, what's really interesting with ChatGPT right now, as of July 20th, their just most recent release is that you can actually put in um, custom prompts or custom uh, statements that will be there every time you run an inquiry. Mm. So basically you can create a profile, if you will, that it will keep in the background and use in the prompts that you don't have to keep retyping certain things if you're going to be, say, for instance, helping to grade something and it's on a certain topic and you give it all the parameters of the types of grading you want it to do, you can just have that, which would probably be at least a paragraph, if not more. Yeah. Honestly, a prompt material. The mm-hmm. thing I found is the more precise you are with your prompt, and we've talked about that before, the better the better it is. Right. I mean, the more precise you are with the prompt, the better results you receive. Right. And so... Having that so you can just save that and not have to retype it or have it stowed away somewhere else where you're copying and pasting it over every time. That I think that's going to be, you know, a good add to it. You're you're essentially creating an, an auto grader, um, just like you would for a multiple choice or a true and false. Real quick, auto a key. You're creating a key, but now it's with more subjective writing, like paragraphs and essays yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, which is insane to think about. It's pretty powerful, really. Mm-hmm. So I can see us adopting that. I can see faculty adopting that over time. Right. Um, that moves us on to, I think, adapting. Yeah, so we defined, and ChatGPT defined, adapting ChatGPT as using ChatGPT for specific needs, such as tailoring it to certain subjects or using it to supplement rather than replace traditional teaching methods. So this is where flexibility and customization I think really are going to come in. We were just talking about it, but adapting to this new normal. But the problem is the normal is going to change. You know, I think Dr. Miller said it well. It's like, we're going to have to have this conversation on a monthly basis because it's just going to keep iterating, right? right? We're going to have more and more of this moving forward. And as we adapt to it, I think one of the things that we've got to continue to look towards um, is a critical perspective. Oh, yeah. So adapting it not just wholesale, Mm -hmm. but adapting it critically. And that goes back to understanding what your worldview is and being clear about that and making clear choices in terms of not just adapting, but adopting. and. Maybe for some, the worldview will say, I'm not going to use it at all. But that's right. jumping ahead, obviously. Where are you with it? On as far as adapting it? Yeah. I, I think you have to, uh, I'm, I don't want to spoil my conclusion of ChatGPT, but um, I'm definitely on the adapting uh, bandwagon, mainly because I can see its usefulness in specific areas of teaching. Um, I'm not fully into adopting it wholesale and letting it do everything, but I can see its usefulness. But regardless of the decision of to use it or not, I think you have to have a critical eye towards it and make sure that 
the decisions you're making are informed because I think that also reflects to your students as well. Um, the decisions that you're making on using Chat GPT, your students are going to see that as you teach and as you as your your own approach to it. And I think adapting, you know, with the resources and and everything that's available to teachers right now, and that will be coming as this just becomes more and more popular because this is not going away. Um, I think it's going to be more and more important that we show good practice and best practices when it comes to, um, if I can use that term, uh, chat GPT in, in education. So I'm definitely on the adapt side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I find myself. So if we think of as adopt, and it sounds like that's where we're headed with this conversation a little bit, adopting is wholesale. Right. Adapting is, you know, we're going to making ChatGPT work for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you could still make it work for you in adopting, but you're just basically putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Sure, I think is what we're we're kind of saying, and it sounds to me that neither of us are for wholesale adoption. We're middle of the road. We got to adapt. Uh, what are the pieces that we need to adapt and? What are the places where we should stray away? And one of the things that we have yet to really talk about, and I don't think here's the time, but is, you know, intellectual property. I know that's a big issue, and I know that it's been sitting out there, and we've just kind of been skirting around the whole the whole issue. But I do bring it up now. We don't need to have the conversation now. Yes, because we don't have enough time. No, we don't have enough time. But adapting is going to have to deal with at some point, intellectual property. Yeah. That'll be a coffee drop. I think so. Definitely. But that's also, we're both on the adapting side, but that doesn't right. mean there's not any value in just not using ChatGPT as a whole. And there are plenty of, if you want to abandon, all right, if you want to abandon, I'll drop the D, that's fine. <laughs> if you want to abandon it, that's fine, because there's plenty of weirdness involved with ChatGPT. There's a lot of ethical things that go on. Yeah. Some would argue that it's eroding the academic integrity process. And there was an article that uh, Dr. Guernsey, if you listen to our coffee drop, our first one, Dr. Guernsey sent another article that talked about AI eroding AI. And I wanted to sue that person because I said, hey, that was our title. Yeah. Then I realized that I got the title from ChatGPT and probably that person did too. So it's fine, whatever. <laughs> but it talks about you know, the erosion of academic integrity and the learning process that ChatGPT is, could potentially do. So yeah. it, there's, there's total validity in deciding not to incorporate ChatGPT into your education. That's totally fine. I can see it. Yeah, I think the reality, though, is we both know that it, it will play a role. Yeah. Your students are going to use it. Telling them not to use it, not only will it not work, but if anything, it'll draw their attention to it more. You know, because it's like when we were little kids, at least for myself anyway, the best way to make sure that I did something was tell me not to. It brings attention to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that we shouldn't tell our kids not to do things, so please don't hear me saying that. That's what I heard. No. Um, I'm just saying as a a fallen individual uh, telling me no, you know, that offends my, my personhood, and so... Worst thing you can do is tell someone no, and then they're like, oh, no, I'm going to do it anyway. So all that to say, they're going to use ChatGPT. I think we need to have some proactive policy um, around it. I, I don't think you should just leave it. 
I think Dr. Miller's right. I think you should address it up front. Explain why your policy is what it is, you know, and it should be well-reasoned. Yeah. (laughs) I think it is an opportunity for them to discuss the difference between those who are professional in an area and those who are not and why it's important that you be a professional. I don't know if abandoning it wholesale is is either either of those two extremes, adopting or abandoning, or in my mind anyway. Right. Um, actually doable. Like you said, you can. But as I'm fond of saying, can doesn't mean should. Because if you really want to serve the students, you're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. And it seems to me it would be a better idea to have a clear, thought-out position. Yeah. I, I think that's where you, it's where you make your money right there is the policy that you put in place is going to make all the difference in the world because yes, your students are probably going to use chat GPT at some point, but if you lay it out clear with them at the start of the class, the start of the semester, whatever it is and say, this is where we draw the line. This is where chat GPT can be used. This is where I don't want to see it in my class. Mm-hmm. I think if you make that clear, it's just like any other uh, like Quizlet or any kind of tool that students use for review and assessment, there's a, a line you have to draw somewhere. Right. Yes, you can. It's just like also early internet research. You can research these things, but you can't, when you're taking the assessments, that stuff stays away. Right. So, yeah, I think policy is super important. So that leads me to two things that I'd like to do here at the end. One is to discuss helping people make the decision whether they're going to adopt, adapt, or abandon, you know, ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. The last thing is to know about your experience or to hear about your experience using ChatGPT in your course. I know we talked about that in the roundtable a little bit, but just wondering if you had any more reflections on that. So let's um, let's start with making the decision. What would you say to faculty as they're trying to make it? I would say, do you have an idea of how it would play into your existing teaching methods? Do you see it playing a role in enhancing um, your students' experience, especially if you're coming from the perspective of the like the inquiry-based teaching or you're doing lots of research, you're having your students do research? can chat GPT play a role in there? Because I think the last thing you want to do is just shoehorn it in because everyone else is doing it or whatever. It's just like good technology integration is natural. It's not forced. It's not you're just having students open to Google Doc just because you want to. Mm. And because, oh, this is trendy. I'll just do this instead. Does it have a purpose? Does it help? I mean, let's go even further back. Let's go back to the same R model we talked about. Are you just substituting ChatGPT for something else? Or is ChatGPT enhancing and doing something that you couldn't do before without mm. it in your instruction? And I think there's a lot of potential for that right. with this. So I, I would say, does, does it fit your teaching style? Does it fit your students? Does it fit your content? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't, then don't use it. Right. That, that would be my, if someone came to my door and knocked and said, is someone in there? And I said, no. Actually, I would say yes. I'm. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, but uh, if, if they were to ask me about it, that would, that would be where I would start. 
All right. I think the last couple of things I would add to that, um, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I think the only couple of things I'd add would be be cognizant of who has access and who doesn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, Accessibility. Yeah. Make sure you know what level you want students to use and that they can actually get it. So if it's chat GPT-4, you need to have an idea how students are going to actually be able to access it. What are you going to do if something happens and it goes down and it's part of, you know, a due date and the students only have a couple of days to get it done? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, our servers are down. We had way too much load, which isn't the case. We haven't seen that in our time of using it. Right. If anything here, most recently, they've upped the usage caps. And then finally, their comfort with the technology. You know, if they don't feel confident or they're not willing to deal with risk, mm-hmm. then they probably should wait a little bit before trying to incorporate it. But I would still say you need to think about adapting and you need to start asking yourself those questions sooner rather than later. So that leads us to your final reflections. I like it. And I'm going to use it, but I'm not going to go adopt. I'm going adapt, like we mentioned before. Specifically in your course, how are you going to adapt? Um, well, the, in the writing process, it will be definitely used early. So the brainstorming and the pre-writing, I found that Based on student reflection, the usage of it there is really, really important, and it helps them a lot, especially with reluctant writers, um, those that are not well experienced with research. You know, ChatGPT, especially 3.5, we've talked about this before, it doesn't give accurate research. But that process alone of them discovering, hey, wait, these aren't right, will immediately stop them from doing research with ChatGPT 3.5 because they'll realize oh, I can't fake this assignment by using Chad GPT. Yeah. And that was really the purpose of me d- doing that assignment is for them to become aware of the fact that they can't rely on the free version of Chad GPT to help them with this part of the writing process. But then later on in the, I had them try to do it like a peer editor. Um, it didn't, they didn't see as much value because they thought that Chad GPT was just correcting their paper without them knowing why. mm so I thought that was a super cool, and it wasn't just one person. Like almost everyone in my course was like, "This is cool that ChatGPT fixed my paper for me," but it didn't give me a reason why. It didn't so help me learn. It didn't help me learn, which mm-hmm. I thought was like, "Yes, that's wonderful," because they're seeing the value of the learning process and not having ChatGPT just fill in the gaps for them. So I would definitely say, if I'm going to use it going forward, which I plan on doing, it will be in the brainstorm early writing process and maybe even you know that first research paper do it more than as they do more research papers throughout the course have them detach wean away from chat gpt more and do it more on their own oh that's great yeah thanks for sharing yeah absolutely we good i think we're good all right so we are officially ending our series on chat gpt but like i said the coffee drops we're going to be talking about them if you have any questions If you have any articles you want us to read and respond to, send us an email at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu, and we will be more than happy to field your questions either in an episode like this or in a future coffee drop. But we'll never have to talk about JATGBT ever again because the series is now officially closed.
Does that work? <clears throat> Thank you for listening. Like I said, feel free to like and subscribe our podcast at various podcast platforms and send us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.